0: Survivor fans know there's nothing more important than a tribe you can trust, and the hunt for the perfect hire can be as tough as winning an immunity challenge. But what if you could just skip the search and just match? Enter Indeed, the ultimate hiring partner. With over 350 million monthly visitors worldwide, according to Indeed data, Indeed is more than a job site. It's your personalized hiring platform. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, connecting you with candidates at the speed you need. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches. Indeed is your compass in the hiring jungle. It's a matching engine, not just for hiring, but effortlessly assembling your dream team. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences, leveraging over 140 million qualifications daily. The more you use it, the sharper it gets. Join three and a half million businesses worldwide that trust Indeed for fast quality hires. Listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com Survivor. Go to Indeed.com Survivor now. Support our show by mentioning you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com Survivor. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey, Survivor fans, let's talk about a snack that would take that island by storm. Wonderful pistachios.
2: Wonderful pistachios are the undisputed champions of proteins. They pack a punch, boasting six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. That's over 10% of your daily value. Talk about a powerhouse snack. And let's not forget the lineup. We're talking flavors galore. Sweet chili, salt and pepper, honey roasted, Wonderful Pistachios is like a flavor festival for your taste buds. Perfect for tribal gatherings or on-the-go adventures. The no-shells option is a game changer. Just grab
1: and go. It's that easy.
2: So Survivor Squad, if you want to outwit, outplay, out-snack the competition, make Wonderful Pistachios your go-to snack. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more.
0: Welcome to On Fire with Jeff Propes. That's me. And this is the only podcast that takes you inside the making of Survivor from the producer's point of view. I'm the host and showrunner of Survivor. And each week I'm joined by two other television producers, Brittany Crapper, a supervising producer on Survivor. Hello. Hello. And Jay Wolf, an independent TV producer and the producer of this podcast. Hello, Jay. What's up? Well, all right. Survivor 44 has come to an end. We crowned a winner tonight. Jam Jam is the winner of Survivor 44. And tonight we're going to have the first interview with Jam Jam here in just a moment. We're going to get him on the phone and talk about what he's feeling. We're going to talk about his feelings. We're also going to talk with Carolyn and Heidi. We have the entire final three. That's what we're doing tonight. We're celebrating... The finale of Survivor 44, a season I really enjoyed. I thought the players were great. I thought the storytelling was awesome. But before we get into that, Jay, let's just spend a couple of moments talking about this
2: final episode. The finale was everything I wanted it to be. And before we get into the content of it, I just want to talk about the production for a second because it's a huge episode. So tell me a little bit about what goes on on that last day, knowing that you've got three hours of television to produce.
0: Right. Well... Really, it is the last day that's the most difficult, I would say, Brittany, just from a production point of view, because, Mm -hmm. you know, Brittany would be on the beach with the final three. What would be going on there, Brittany?
3: I mean, yeah, we'd be starting at sunrise. When the sun comes up, we go out there and it's their last day on the beach. It's a bit of a celebration. We're getting their closing interviews. They have their big breakfasts, And so it's a full day before we even get to what becomes final tribal council.
0: And what's happening on my end is I wake up that morning and start writing the after show because now we know everything except the winner, but we know who our final three are. So I'm working on that most of the day. And then around 5 p.m. or so, I will head to tribal council and we will walk through the transition from the final tribal where you have your jury and they voted and you declare a winner. We go immediately into the after show. So we rehearse that, like who's going to bring in the big logo and how many more fires are we bringing in? Who's got the (laughs) champagne and the pizza? So we want to make sure that's all set to go. And then we get ready for tribal. And the thing that people probably don't think about is that final tribal council where they're doing the Q&A with the jury, that can be two or three hours We've had them. Oh, minute. Man. Historically, we've had some that went longer because it just took a long time for them to get everything they wanted to get out out. Right. But so you have all of that happening. And then immediately you go right into the after show. The after show can also be an hour and a half or two hours. So we usually wrap that last night around 1 or 1.30 a.m. You're delirious at the end <laughs> of that day, but it's filled with so much energy and adrenaline because everything you've worked for is coming to a close right here. They're going to vote and we're going to have a winner. And then we sit down and we have a good time talking about the season.
2: Wow. And I can imagine they all get back to Ponderosa and just stay up the rest of the night too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think
0: that party is probably, what do you think, Brittany? How much of it is them celebrating and how much of it is them quizzing the final three?
3: Oh, it's got to be so much quizzing, for sure. They're all talking and asking questions. And remember, the final three hasn't been to Ponderosa yet. So I'm sure they're just chewing their ears off all night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just, yeah, seeing what it's like for the first time. All right, so let's get into the episode a little bit. Uh, You teased, Jeff, on our last episode that there was an idol on this new beach, and there certainly was one. And every single castaway seemed to walk right by it and couldn't find it. So my question is, does Quigley and his team have the perfect place for this idol picked out before they even head to the new beach?
0: Yeah, they do. They will scout all the beaches and have specific spots in mind for idols that are going to go into the game. And they're always hidden with the same idea that it should take some effort to find it, but they are findable. And as you see that there's no predicting because In this case, everybody walked right by it. Nobody ever found it. And then you have idols where somebody walks right by it the first time they go out to look and they find it. And the audience goes, well, that was clearly hidden too easily. Nope, (laughs) hidden the same way. It just depends on so many factors. Like, are you alone? Are you a good snooper? How sunny is it? You know, are you in the shade? Is it dark? All those things. Britney's seen idol finds many, many times over the years and they're never the same.
3: They're always different. And you also have to account for like, this is day 24, so they're tired and maybe not looking quite like they would have on day one. Yeah,
2: good point. I don't know. That's a million dollar tree branch right there. You know? <laughs> mm, true. So let's talk a little bit about five. The immunity challenge at five has a reward. And so Carson wins and Carson can only take one person with him to the sanctuary. I found myself feeling like this was an incredibly loaded situation, especially with this number, because... Sure, you want to win the challenge, you want to impress the jury with your win, you want to make it to four. You also want to win because you control the reward, right? and you control who gets it. But to that end, when Carson picks Jam Jam, all of a sudden, Jam Jam is now at risk, because he's not going to be back with the other three while they're right. deciding what to do with it. What would you do? I mean, I think from the armchair, it's easy to say, if you're Jam Jam in that situation, you oh, no, don't take me. Take Carolyn because she hasn't had anything to eat, <laughs> eat recently. And I want to favor her and also maybe have a chance to strategize against her. But you know, you never know if that's going to work.
3: Yeah. But then you could be pissing off Carson, right? You're, he thinks you're with him. And now all of a sudden you're like, nah, I don't want to go with you. Nothing.
0: This question comes up all the time. Should you win a reward challenge? Or should you go on a reward? There's no right answer. There are players who have given up their spots and tried to buy favor and get voted out as well. Mm -hmm. So you really don't know. But I've heard people say you should never want to win a reward challenge. That just doesn't make any sense to me. This is a game. You are tallying points in a sense. You are trying to build a resume. And as you said, Jay, the more control you have in this game, typically the better. Not always, but I'd rather be in charge of the reward. And then decide, I'm not going to take myself rather than have somebody else be in charge.
3: In all the seasons I've done, I've never seen a perfect strategy because there isn't one. You know, it's always contextual as well as situational.
2: Agreed. Well, there was a moment later in the episode that I wanted to bring up because I think it touched everyone when Jam Jam started coaching Carson on how to make fire, even though mm. he's possibly his opponent. Right. It was this beautiful moment that kind of encapsulated what you've said, Jeff, about this social experiment. Yeah, you have to play against people, but you also have to play with them. And there, there's a real humanity in that that yeah. we saw.
0: That, I think you said it really well. I mean, those are the moments you can never predict. You can't produce for them to happen. And that was just jam, jam being jam, jam. And one of the things we've talked about on this podcast is, Oh, you know, too many twists. Well, that moment came because of a twist, the final four fire making challenge. So I'm just going back to repeat it to say that it's finding the balance and maybe we have a little too much in one season, not enough in another, but you do need a balance of that. And then you need compelling people. And I'm with you. I thought that was a beautiful moment. And something that speaks to Survivor's social experiment, as you said, and also this increased diversity where you're seeing different walks of life, the upbringing and how that changes somebody and what they find acceptable and and what somebody else might not. You never know. But in this case, it was a very cool partnership, a friendship.
3: Hmm. And while I thought that was a really beautiful moment, I'm certain there is someone right now writing a column about Survivor that says... Jam Jam is an idiot for doing it.
0: <laughs> Count on <laughs> but,
3: it. Which, and honestly, my initial thought when I first was reviewing footage, I, I thought the same thing. I mm. was like, what is he doing? Like, is he going to lose this doing that? But I came to realize that maybe it was very well the exact opposite. You know, Jam Jam won this game being his kind, amazing, loving self. And that was just one of those moments that made people fall in love with him. You know, once Carson's out of this game... Who do you think's over at Ponderosa advocating for him to win?
0: You know, I think this is a good question when we talk to Jam Jam here in just a minute is what I want to know is, is that your nature or Mm. is it your nature? And did you feel that no matter how well you taught him, you could still beat him? And did you also (laughs) at this point believe you could beat either of them in the final three? So that will be curious to see if Jam Jam will fess up to feeling confident or if that truly was just a loving gesture and he knew it was
2: risky.
3: Yeah, I can't
2: wait. Well, coming to the end of the episode, I just wanted to bring up seeing Carolyn talk to the producer again for the second time, because (laughs) I thought it was just this sort of like masterclass in filmmaking, just this beautiful bookend of seeing her at the top of the season and then seeing her here in the final episode. So Brittany, knowing you produced the premiere, was this something that you planned from episode one?
3: Well, first off, thank you, Jay. Those are very kind words. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, much like Jeff, I too put things on a whiteboard, but mine just lives in my head. and. And while I hoped that once we got to the finale, we'd be able to pull off that full circle moment, it wasn't until I presented it to our editor, Plowden Schumacher, um, that I knew we would be able to. Uh, He's who cut that scene, and I feel like he executed it beautifully. I
0: agree, and I agree with what you said, Jay. You're in the hands of a good storyteller, and you know that. The way the show started, even though people wrote and said, there's no reason to start with Carolyn. Oh, there was a reason. We were trying to show the responsibility that's put on the shoulders of somebody, which is all these things you have to do, including be the narrator of the season. But the magic with Brittany's idea was when she bookended it, you would also have this bigger takeaway is, oh my gosh, look at Carolyn. This is the same woman that I thought was crazy 13 weeks ago. And now is one of my favorite humans I've ever met. You never saw that coming, but it was in her design the entire time.
2: Yeah, I think it perfectly encapsulated the story of this season, which was about personal growth. And we saw that across every single one of the players to an extent. And so the choice to start the opening image with that and then finish it at the end with that image as well, I thought was a really beautiful way of doing that. And um, I think all I can say is bravo. The last thing I wanted to talk about are the two players who didn't make the final three, but played amazing games and showed that personal growth as well. Carson, who... I think in nobody's estimation when he showed up on the beach was a big threat and all of a sudden is winning two immunity challenges Mm. and is labeled by every single person out there that he's going to be the one who wins the game. And he
0: was, I mean, he, Carson is a great example of applying yourself. Everybody's going to approach the game differently, but for Carson prepping with his 3d puzzles and, you know, putting on some muscle, I think that, For Carson, that was important because he wanted to come into the game with some momentum. And then as people started to discover how clever he was and strategic, he started realizing, oh my gosh, this kid will win the game if we let him get to the end.
3: Beyond that, he's a likable, sharp young man who I think probably (laughs) inspired a lot of young people who might struggle with self-image like a lot of us do, you know, and he's willing to talk about it, which is really awesome.
0: Agreed. We said it a lot this podcast. But it's never lost on me. When you show up and you're yourself, you're not an actor, you're not playing a part. This is actually who you are. And then you let people in to your insecurities. You're about as vulnerable as you can be. But the beauty of it is there's somebody else at home going, well, if he can do that, why can't I? maybe I'll apply to be survivor or maybe I'll go pursue my dreams or maybe I'll try to bulk up or whatever your thing is. It's just other people giving you permission. You're the only one holding yourself back. Go
2: for it. I love that. Well, on that same line, I wanted to talk about Lauren who showed up on the first day and rigs the rock draw (laughs) so that she can go on the journey so that she can get the advantage. And we see that from day one, she's here to play. She's here to win. And then later in the season, she shows us this emotional side of her That makes her an even bigger threat because she's touching and relating to so many people who are out there. And then when she gave her final speech at that tribal council, I thought that was just amazing.
0: I thought it was interesting, too, because she believed and she was right that she was going home. So in a way, she was able to let her guard down because everybody comes into Survivor from a different starting point. So Lauren's going to come in with her own idea of how she's going to be perceived. And based on that, she's going to make certain decisions about what parts of her personality she can afford to show right now. And so... As she sensed that it was her, we finally got to see the rest of her, which is this beautiful, powerful mom who's realizing, man, I work really hard for my kids. Maybe I work a little too hard. Maybe we don't need all that. Well, who knows? But what she was saying was, I've been reminded of my purpose and I'm Mm -hmm. going back home an even stronger human a stronger woman a stronger mom a stronger friend just stronger and there's no question in my mind if Lauren gets to the end I don't know which configuration of the three we're playing with here but there's a very big chance she wins the game totally all right when we come back we will talk with the winner of Survivor 44 Jam Jam plus we're going to talk with Heidi and Carolyn right here on On Fire with Jeff Probst. be right back Survivor fans know there's nothing more important than a tribe you can trust, and the hunt for the perfect hire can be as tough as winning an immunity challenge. But what if you could just skip the search and just match? Enter Indeed, the ultimate hiring partner. With over 350 million monthly visitors worldwide, according to Indeed data, Indeed is more than a job site. It's your personalized hiring platform. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, connecting you with candidates at the speed you need. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches. Indeed is your compass in the hiring jungle. It's a matching engine, not just for hiring, but effortlessly assembling your dream team. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences, leveraging over 140 million qualifications daily. The more you use it, the sharper it gets. Join 3.5 million businesses worldwide that trust Indeed for fast, quality hires. Listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com Survivor. Go to Indeed.com Survivor now. Support our show by mentioning you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com Survivor. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. All right. Welcome back to On Fire with Jeff Probst. Very excited because we are joined now by the winner of Survivor 44, Jam Jam. Jam Jam, congratulations.
4: Oh my God, Jeff. Thank you. I cannot believe it. I'm so excited. I I just close my eyes and I see your face reading my votes (laughs) and it's like, I cannot believe that happened. I'm so excited.
0: Survivor is a really interesting experience for a player because when you're in the game, you're not watching the show. You're in the game. So you only know what you know, and there's a lot of uncertainty. So when you come home and you've now had time to eat and rest and you're watching the weekly episodes, what was the moment like when you first saw yourself on television in episode one and you realized, oh. That's how I look. That's how I sound. That's how I'm going to be this season.
4: I have to tell you my first impression when I saw my face on I cannot wait to poop in the ocean. I watched (laughs) that clip. Yeah. Like probably more than 200 times before the episode one aired. And why? I cried every time. I cried every time. I was so proud. I was so proud. I cannot believe I made it. Mm. I cannot believe I went through it. I cannot believe people were going to watch what happened. And me to get to see the other sides of people's story was so exciting. As a final survivor, having the privilege to do it myself, but also to watch my season from another point of view right. was super exciting. And these people are so amazing. I was so proud of the jury, loved by my relationship with them. I was so happy for them. It was like my friends were saying thank you or like were giving me a gift. Uh-huh. It was Oh, gratefulness, like for real. All
0: right. Before we get into some of the details of what it took for you to win, is there a moment, not pooping in the ocean, but is there a moment (laughs) that encapsulates your experience? Something maybe you even saw back and went, "Yep, that's Survivor right there.
4: Every moment that I had with Caroline on the island that were funny and not game-wise encapsulate my experience, like being around the campfire. I had so much fun with Heidi, Jamie, Lauren, like, Those were my girls over there. Like we were just having a blast. So that memory for me to watch it and to live it is why I did it. Also the strategy part of the game. But I think a lot of people go to Survivor and they wanna do the best strategic game and they wanna just be like super like crafty with the game and all of that. And that's fun. And I did that too. But this is not gonna happen again. Like you're gonna have fun when you're doing it. And this (laughs) is why I feel like People underestimated Carolyn and I. Like We were having fun. People were like, they're not here to play. I was like, oops. <laughs> yes, we were.
3: <laughs> I mean, it was clear that you were having fun out there. there. There's a great moment where you used humor to diffuse the fact that you got voted for several times. Did you know going into the game that you would use humor as a weapon? Or did you discover that as you were playing?
4: I've always used what I think it's charming about me to break down the barriers of people that are going against me or i have to work so i would always criticize myself or put myself down so people would open their hearts or their hmm. shells for me so when they they did that to me and i was like alarm alarm they see me as a threat they see me as an option what should i do I was like, get in it like get into their heart hmm. how do i get into their heart through my humor through my don't worry it's okay guys you know i'm just thankful thank you yeah but yeah it wasn't thankful you know (laughs) nobody wants to see their name written
0: down jam jam that for me takes me inside and verifies what i thought about you during the season which is your humor is a weapon and it's seen as a deflection which maybe it really is in your life as well but it is also in survivor you just described a beautiful execution of how to get into it as you said which is Something that we say to players in casting, and I know we said it to you, Jam Jam, which is try to play the first time as though you're playing the second time, because the second time you play, you swing bigger. You want the ball more often. You'll take the shot even though you're not sure. You played that way. You just went for it. It's either going to work or it's not. But what you're not going to do is play to not lose.
3: All right. We, we have to talk about the moment where you helped Carson learn how to make fire better. Um, I mean, you could have been helping your opponent there, but you just did it, and it was amazing to watch. Can you tell us about that day and your choice to help him?
4: My relationship with Carson, just like Carolyn and everybody there, but the amount of love you get to these people, they become your family and you're rooting for them. And I could never see Carson have a perfect game, play amazingly, and have him fail as something as the fire challenge. It was like... Yeah, it would be amazing to see a good player go, but this good player is my good friend. And if I can do something about it, and I knew I could, he was scared of the knife. He wasn't scared. He wasn't that he was bad at making fire. He was scared of getting caught. And this is why I tell him if you lose a finger, but you win the game, who cares? Like, just (laughs) go for it.
0: So, Jam Jam, now that it's over and it worked, you won Survivor 44. In that moment, was it all pure love? That I'm looking out for Carson and that's it? Or was there a layer? What was the part of you going, and even if I teach him really well, and even if I have to take him on, I'll still beat him and I'm still going to beat anyone I go to the
4: final three? There's a lot of that in there for real. Like I knew that even if I get to teach him fire in a way that he felt comfortable, he was never going to get to how fast I make fire. I practice fire every Sunday at the beach with my husband. Wow! This is people look at me in the beach and this is like, this guy is going to burn us down. They didn't (laughs) know I was going to go on Survivor. They just saw like a crazy guy in a speedo making fire. But (laughs) the thing is, I didn't get up that morning and said, I'm going to teach Carson fire. When I saw that Carson was so depressed and down and in a shell, in a little corner of the beach, like hiding, like I didn't recognize this person. This is probably how Carson felt before the game and Mm -hmm. all this confidence. Like it brought him back to the little kid. And I had to take care of my friend as a little kid. And it was a motherly instinct in some kind of like a big brother instinct. It was not game. Yes, Heidi had the fastest fire making challenge in the history of Survivor. But Carson also had a flame. Yep. So he is proud that he had a flame while she had a flame as well. So he made the fire. He's just not as quick. I tell him all the time, everybody that won the fire making challenge is the history of Survivor would have lost against Heidi. So you lost against the best. Wow.
2: right? You're right. I also want to talk about the brother-sister relationship you had with Carolyn because it was like, you were on, you were off, you're on, you're off, you're on, you're off, you're on, you're off. And I'm curious, (laughs) how much of the relationship between you and Carolyn and Carson as well was that like you three love each other and how much of it was you saw this thing where it's like, these two people are going to get me to the end?
4: All my connections in the game were real connections. That's something that is who I am. The relationship that I saw with them as brother and sister or like the same people was based in true love. And this is why I gave myself the chance and the opportunity to have the fights that I had with Carolyn because I knew we understood each other. I could have never had that kind of discussion with Danny or Brandon or Kane. like they didn't get me like Carly got me. So I let myself show that kind of raw energy and interaction with her in a way that people read it as like we were not working together, but we knew we were.
0: So Jam Jam, can you remember or what is your sense memory of that final tribal council And where I'm coming from is you still haven't eaten at that point. You're exhausted emotionally, cognitively. It's hard to form sentences. And yet you're desperately fighting for your life in the game. This is it a million dollars. And then it ends and they go up and vote. And you Carolyn and Heidi are sitting there thinking, are they voting for me? Are they vote? Is she voting for her? What's this? And then I come out and immediately read the votes. So there's no time to process or prepare yourself? What do you remember as you saw me pulling your name out time after time after time?
4: The first emotion that I had when they were starting to vote and going up those stairs and you came down was weirdly a sense of calm. Hmm. Like this is over. It was now I get to enjoy my friends. Because that's where they are. Huh. Here they gave me a million dollars and they thought I played the best game. But that danger spot that you feel all the time that it's going to be you, it disappeared as soon as they started walking up the stairs. I didn't have to play anymore. And I saw it in their faces and I saw that Caroline and Heidi next to me. I hold their hands and I was so happy to be there with them.
0: Jam Jam, one of the things that gets overlooked sometimes is that the jury only gets one vote. So the fact that you got most of the votes except for one vote for Heidi doesn't mean that Heidi and Carolyn didn't play good games. This It's not a point system. You just get one vote. So what's the validation when you see that of the three people, most of the jury said, my vote, it's going to go to you, Jam Jam.
4: I always place these games the way I live life. Like my objective in life is to connect with people. So for many reasons, but mainly because I really like enjoy people a lot. So having the gift of them writing my name as the winner, seven of those eight validated the fact that this is what, how I normally live my life. Like I don't go around my life and tell people like, do you think I deserve something from your friendship, but <laughs> they saw a value in me, a value in what I did, a value of what I did with them because I played the game always connecting with all of them. Right. I never disregarded anyone. And this is why I felt that I got the result that I got was because I made an effort, a real effort to get to know these people in a way to play with them. Yes, yeah, some of the time I didn't, I couldn't play with them. But if you ask all of them, at some point, they were playing with me because I saw the value in each of them. And I let them know not only when I was playing with them, but also in the jury, they saw the value in me. And that's why they gave me their votes. Beautifully said.
0: Jam Jam, I want to talk about a couple of takeaways. What was the most significant thing that you learned about yourself
4: on the island? I learned that I have this amazing drive to do anything that I put my head to, you know?
0: So that was new information to you?
4: I've always been successful in figuring how to do stuff, but it's always been driven by somebody else's dream. So this is my thing. It's something that I needed and I wanted. And this is something like being a little kid watching this show, being living in Puerto Rico, not thinking I could have been casted because I, I was a resident of Puerto Rico. I was like, well, it might happen, well, it might happen, and then when I get the call, it's like, well, now it's gonna happen.
0: I love hearing that answer, because it's one of the things I wish for every player, and that is, of course it's exciting to be on Survivor. It's a television show, and it's a cool-looking show, and you often look cool in the show, because you get to do challenges, or find an idol, or do a blindside. But years from now, the takeaways will be bigger than being on the show, and that's why I always hope for a player is you get what you need from this adventure your own personal test and that's exactly what you're talking about last question what are you going to do with a million dollars
4: i want the money to give me the space and the safety to have a like a secure thing because i have some savings of course but i also wanted to make some drinks come true maybe you know it's beautiful. Maybe have a second wedding, maybe do something for my husband, do something for my mother. You know, the people that took care of myself when I wasn't there and when I came back. Jam Jam, you are one of a kind
0: from the moment I met you on Zoom to this moment right now. You've been consistently charming and frank, and I'm so happy that you are in the Survivor family. Congratulations, on becoming the winner of survivor 44 and the million dollars that will soon be right in front of you in a check that you can do with whatever you want all right it's the finale of on fire and we're talking with the final three from the finale of survivor 44 that was jam jam quick break then it's heidi and carolyn be right back
1: listen wearing the same clothes for 26 days straight on survivor really made me realize the importance of buying high quality long-lasting clothes that's why i love quince they have timeless well-made pieces that last for years and don't go out of style quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100 european linen shirts performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear buying pieces from quince means that i don't have to keep buying new clothes every year which is better for my wallet and the environment. I recently got a super chic Italian leather tote from Quince and I'm loving how it looks. The best part about Quince is that by partnering directly with top factories, they're able to keep prices super affordable. I'm talking 50 to 80% cheaper than similar brands. And the other best part is that Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I love that. Upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com Survivor for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com Survivor to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com Survivor.
0: Welcome back to On Fire. It is Survivor finale night. We have our winner of Survivor 44, Jam Jam, who we just talked to. Now we are joined by Heidi, who gave him a run for his money. You came in with a lot of momentum into that final tribal.
5: Thank you for having me. I'm extremely, extremely excited. I am super proud of my game, and I cannot wait to talk more about it.
0: Well, I want to go back to the beginning because one of the things I'm always curious about in the first few days is to see who aligns with who because that first impression can often be the difference of your entire game. You connected with Danny. What did you read in Danny and what about him were you looking for in an alliance partner?
5: So before the game started, I can see he's wearing similar colors that I am wearing, right? We are green and anything around green so as soon as I saw him, I could tell that he was a guy confident, wanted to be himself kind of loud and all of that. So <laughs> even before I got to talk to him, I knew he would be my guy.
0: Really? Okay. So what is that? You, you said he was loud and talkative. Why did that appeal to you?
5: Because I wanted a shield that was willing Mm. to take all the blame and all the camera time, okay? I knew I couldn't play that game, especially not at the beginning. I could not play a flashy game. Being the oldest female, the mom, Mm. the engineer, the inventor, all of that, right? Who I am. I was going to be myself, okay? However, I needed to contain my mouth. And I knew having a shield like Danny was exactly the strategy I had coming in. So as soon as I saw him, I knew I wanted to be i wanted him to be my number one i actually got to spend a good amount of time with him at soka and uh even though it started as a strategy to use him as a shield we connected on a personal level you know, to a point that I never knew I was going to connect his story, his family, you know, he had a kid just he was a parent, just like I was. So we connected at a personal level. So what started as a hey, he's gonna be a shield as a strategy became a personal connection, which is why we were able to carry our alliance so far into the game.
0: One follow up to that. You said coming into the game as an older woman, and you listed all these other qualities, in this new era where there is so much more beautiful diversity, mm-hmm. that knapsack that we all carry, sometimes it's a knapsack of advantage, invisible. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a knapsack of baggage, visible. As a mm-hmm. woman of color, do you have to alter your game at all to look at the playing field and say, here are some perceptions somebody might have of me, or here's something I wanna lean into?
5: Absolutely. It's a fantastic question. Did, was I myself 100% within Survivor? I knew that I needed to kind of change myself to fit the mold because there's a lot of unconscious biases out there. And I'm very aware of this. OK, by no means this is not something we're not aware of. We know their unconscious biases, so we kind of have to act in a way that we fit the mold. Hmm. And that's very much what I did within this game, okay? And it's not a bad thing. It's not that I, I don't respect the people who are 100% themselves, but I just knew coming in, if I'm 100% who I am, I would have never made it past hmm. day one. So I was playing the game to win. So I hope people get to see the transition of my game in some capacity. Was I quiet? Which, by the way, Everyone who knows me, they're like, how are you so quiet and contained? You're never that way. <laughs> Listen, I was playing the game to win it, and I knew that's what it was going to take for me to make it this far into the game. And it actually worked for me it, my strategy that I am proud to say that I stuck with my strategy and it took me this far
0: into the game. Brittany, let's respond to Heidi's question because she said, I hope people saw the transition as someone who edited a lot of episodes mm. from this season. Did you see a transition in Heidi? And if so, what was it?
3: A hundred percent. I mean, I feel like... Like you said, you came in, you were a bit quieter. You All of your conversations had purpose. I saw your relationship with Danny grow, but by the end, it felt like you broke out of that. And you were like, you know what? I am a badass woman and I'm going to show everybody that I can do whatever I set my mind to. And I loved watching that personally and I feel like it was super inspirational. And I have three daughters and I'm like, watch Heidi, that's what you want to do. So yeah, it was really thank beautiful you. to watch. So thank you. Oh my
5: God. That means the world, right? So thank you so much, so much.
2: You know, you said you it wasn't flashy, but towards the end of the season, we saw a lot of flash come out of you, including the <laughs> decision to send yourself to fire, which is a choice that has been made very few times, is always extremely nerve wracking. And I'm curious for you, was your decision to send yourself to fire based on the confidence that you could do it versus how much of that was that you felt you needed to make that move?
5: I think a little bit of both, okay? I'm I'm very confident in my fire making skills and even in day one when I made the fire for Soka in my head, I'm like, I made it too fast.
2: No.
4: (laughs)
5: However, I was very confident and oh by the way, for all the fans out there, freaking try to make fire. Don't let it just practice in the island. No, even before day one, it will serve you well and it served me very well. Okay. (laughs) So I I knew I wanted to do it. I needed to do it because I knew I didn't have a flashy move. And if you're going to make a flashy move, make it right. Make for me at the time. It felt like this is my moment. I need to show everyone that I'm not just going to follow behind my shields. I am here to win the game. And I talk about this where I don't want to be fourth, second, third, whatever. I want to be the sole survivor. That is so true behind my game. So I knew I wanted to do it, but I'm not going to lie to you. It was terrifying because having having that immunity necklace makes you feel so good like yeah i'm safe at the time i was like yeah this is just my opportunity to put it all in the line put it all out there and that's exactly what i did so i have no regrets that was my moment and i am so proud of it i love that moment
0: for myself so heidi we just talked with jam jam about this idea that we don't talk about much on the show and that is when you get to the final three the jury only has one vote they can give out. It's not a point system. So how do you personally deal with lasting 26 days, winning the final challenge, choosing to make fire? As Jay said, not a lot of people do that. Then you set a record, fastest fire, poor Carson had no chance. (laughs) So you get to the final three and you only get one vote because what I always want to say is that doesn't mean Heidi and or Carolyn didn't play great games the jury can only vote for one person so how do you reconcile that in your head
5: that is a very tough moment because I was so close yet it wasn't close enough I wanted to win of course so I knew I never underestimated my opponents for the record not Carolyn not Carson not jam if you're gonna play this game, do not underestimate anybody right so I just knew I needed my story to be told at the end and I was really hopeful that the, the jury got to see that what well, the part that I I think I fell short was jam jams, funniness and lovingness and friendships with the other people were a bit stronger than mine. And and in this game it ended up being a social game more than anything, right? You saw my flashy move with the fire. And at the end of the day, many people voted for Jam because of his social skills. I think it's a very tough one because I still loved everyone and I think I have good relationships with everyone in the jury. But Jam just had that extra about him. Yeah.
0: Before we get to takeaways, I asked Jam Jam this same question. What do you remember about the moment as they were all voting? And then I go up the steps to get the votes. You still haven't eaten. You're still trying to form a thought. You're exhausted. Uh And I'm coming down. There's no time to prep. It takes just a couple of minutes. I go get the votes. I come right back. And I start reading them. What's it like to be on the receiving end of playing such a hard game And coming in with such momentum and then seeing jam, 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 jam. jam. Mm
5: -hmm. Two comments. So first, you are 100% right that we were exhausted and hungry. So that does play a lot into the things we say and do and, and how we explain the game. Because even though we get to eat the amazing breakfast, right, towards the end, it's still not enough for us to yeah. not feel the exhaustion and the hunger, okay? So for the record, that last tribal council is brutal, brutal for the three of us, <laughs> okay? But within that's part of the game, we were playing it. Once you go up the steps to get the votes, what goes in my head is, listen, Heidi, you did everything you could. You dealt hmm. with the, the cards that I was given, right? Because my game wasn't perfect, but I really try to manage it around, manage around it. That's what the game is about. How do you adapt with what you're given? So for me, it's like you tried everything you could.
0: What's the most significant thing you learned about yourself on Survivor?
5: Great question. So the most significant thing I learned about myself in the island was that We do not need a whole lot to survive and to actually be happy. As human beings, uh, we didn't have a whole lot there. We didn't have food. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have technology. We (laughs) didn't even have our loved ones there, right? And we still made it fun and we had an amazing experience. So what I got out is what really, really means the most is the people you love and the people who, the experiences and the people the love. You don't care about materials, cars, cell phones, none of that. And when I came back, it was I really made the point of spending more time with my kids. Whenever they said, let's go play, I would never find an excuse to not play with them. Mm, so it right. just it brings the personal connections even deeper. And I, I really, really love that I got that out of the, the island and I'm able to have a better life because of it.
2: Well, last question. From the fan point of view, I didn't know who you were 13 weeks ago. And now I've learned so much about you and there's this new season coming up. And so I'm curious, what does it feel like to go from obscurity to becoming this prominent person who's on everybody's television across America and then go back to your normal life? Like you just proved to everyone in the country that you can make fire faster than anyone else who's ever tried. And now you're going to go back to work? That's <laughs> hard. It
5: is hard. But listen, here's what I would say. No matter who you are, no matter what color, what age, what gender, what your beliefs are, Go after your dreams. My dream with Survivor. Survivor was my favorite show, okay? And I was just going to try because, you know what? I could never say I didn't try. And I tried it, and I made it, and I made it the best experience I could have. So if there's anything I could say is... Yes, my ordinary life of working, whatever. But guess what? I went for my dreams and this was a dream come true. And I'm so happy I did because it's been a fantastic experience. So thank you.
0: Well, and one of the great things about what you just said is when you go back to, as you called it, your ordinary life, you're a different person as a result of what you just did. Heidi, you went as far as you could go in the game. You went into final tribal with a lot of momentum. You set a record for fire. You even garnered a vote, which is really somebody saying, I think you played the best game of Survivor 44. Very happy that you are a part of the Survivor family. Thanks for taking time. I hope you enjoy all this celebration.
5: Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you for having me, giving me this opportunity. I love you all. Thank you. All right, we'll
0: take a quick break. Then we come back with Carolyn. Be right back. All right. Welcome back to On Fire with Jeff Probst. It's the Survivor 44 finale night. We've had a great conversation with Jam Jam. We just talked with Heidi. And now the last person to close out the season, Carolyn. First of all, Carolyn, welcome. When you now see the entire season play out, how do you feel about the Carolyn that you saw? Because you said over and over, this is me.
6: I'm not going to lie. There's, there really is nothing that I hate, hated seeing, or there's, I don't have any regrets out there where I look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said this. Even the most embarrassing thing I think of, um, even and this isn't the most embarrassing but here uh, here burp in my face like <laughs> most people i think would be like what i laughed and it's it's i was myself and i cannot say like oh they edited me to look a certain way that was 1000% me i am <laughs> glad that i got to be my 100% self because that was my goal so whatever people think about that i got to be me and that satisfied that goal of mine
0: How many points during the game did you worry, if at all, that being this authentic version of yourself might actually end your game? I'm going to cry. What's the emotion?
6: Because I genuinely, I've always been really proud of myself. And I went into the game with so much confidence and so much just excitement of like, you know, I know I'm very aware that like, and I say, say this so many times, I'm very aware how people look at me and how they perceive me. But I always thought that like, well, once people get to know me, like they'll see past that because that's how it usually is in my real life. And I guess like for me, when I realized it for like, for sure was was at that journey episode with brandon and with danny
0: when you realized what
6: when i realized that like wow like people really they don't treat me the same and i know why i know i'm not being taken seriously i know that i'm different and i know that some people value like being really good and strong and challenges and then that's like your worth in the game but i know above all else it's my loudness. It's my screams. And it actually came early on where, just like even in Tika and introducing, people were not taking me seriously because of who I was and being my authentic
0: self. So, then if that's the case, the bookend to that would seem to be when you explained the Red X and you revealed the game you had been playing. Did you have a sense of satisfaction knowing yes. there were some people that might be very surprised by how clever you were playing?
6: Yes. And I like I wanted to show that so much is like just because I am outwardly different or not like the stereotypical type of player who would play the game, whatever, I'd be the stereotypical first boot. Like, that's not all of me. And I know that was like what I was given off is like, so what do you expect? But at the same time, it's like there's so much more to me. I'm not just like, woohoo. And so it was really hard. It was really hard because I would try to get to know people on a deeper level. So that's what I mean is it's like there's more to me, but it felt good to be able to do that because that was the whole point. Like I wanted people to, to,
3: you know, not think I was playing. I have one question. When you were watching the show back, what was one specific moment you watched that made you feel the most proud? It was probably after the journey and just getting that like,
6: and I'm going to show you like, this is me. Mm. And this, this is what I'm doing. And I am playing this game. So cheap overlooking me. It was though, that moment where I really, and I went into it like, I will make the merge. I was so like, and
5: yes, I
6: will. But I had that fight. Like, I was like, don't you look at me like that. So I was proud of myself for Danny just, and
0: Brandon have no idea that they were part of such a massive turning point because you've talked about this being such a low point that they overlooked you. And yet it was that moment where you said, oh yeah, here I come. My second barrel now. I'm opening up everything. Let's go.
3: Watching it from the other side, I I saw that shift happen where, you know, we started seeing you make these big moves and be this real player. And it seemed like, you know, the other players started to pick up on that. Did you feel that shift happen within the game? I did not
6: until I, I, until I would say after I, I I played the idol, and then at that point I was like, "Oh, geez, like what? Now are they going to come look come and look at me?" But I still, fe- I, I, how do I answer this? Like I still don't feel like I felt that hundred percent. I didn't. Hmm. I still felt like I was looked at as like the goofy one, or but yes, I was worried, especially just telling telling people, oh, and this is what I did. And um, it made me feel like, okay, I, I that's not what I want to do. I don't want people to think that I'm playing. So it almost like worked against me. Does that make sense? Where it's like, I couldn't handle not being taken seriously and not being ser- taken seriously mm. in the game. But then once people started looking, it was like, by that point, it was like, okay, but I have to still hide it. But then hiding it made me feel like I wasn't a part of it.
0: Carolyn. Let's go to the final three. You haven't eaten. You're still completely fatigued. It's hard to form a single sentence if you're one of the final three. And then you get interrogated, you know, for two hours by by a group of people who are trying to determine who's going to win this game. But what are you feeling before they vote? Just you personally, because of all the players, especially if you just look at Jam Jam and Heidi, they didn't have your experience, obviously, but, Very few people have ever played the game the way you did. There has to be a cumulative effect where you're sitting there realizing, I've said all I can say. They're going to go vote. And in that moment between them walking up to vote and me going to get the votes, what was your internal monologue? I
6: I was really hard on myself. And what I said to myself is... Carolyn, like when have you ever let what other people may think of you like stop you or stop you from your shine and from being yourself, or not from being yourself, but from like the fight. I felt like the fight was gone from me and I really beat myself up and I was upset with myself because I truly felt like keep fighting oh prove them wrong like prove yourself wrong you can do this and i was really pep talking myself up and then i got there and seeing them and it i i completely shattered
0: i want to just say from somebody who's been at every single final tribal what i see happen quite often is the wear and tear of playing this game where you are not sleeping and eating and you're not trusting, but you have to trust somebody and you can't trust anybody. But on top of all of it is you're being yourself. This is who you are. It's a common thing, I think, to look back and say, wow, did I like what I just did? Did I like how I represented myself? So I can't take that journey for you, but I just want to say as a witness to your journey, I think you're one of the most compelling people that's ever played Survivor, not because you have eye rolls and gesticulate, because you have a really unique story. You've been through a lot as a human and you're a dedicated mom and you've worked on yourself and you came to play Survivor and you fooled so many people because you saw what we, the audience saw, which is they're going to overlook me and I'm going to use that to my advantage and I'm going to do a dumb little red X and you will never know it was me. So when time, you know, this is a hard time right now because there's all this energy centered around you and the finale and the winner and all that. But I believe in time, you're going to look back and watch this and go, I'm really proud of who I am and how I played and all the colors that I showed. And if more people had the courage to do that, I think more people would get a lot more out of Survivor. But we're seeing what comes with it, which is it's very vulnerable to be that honest and have people respond to you in that way.
6: And I I don't regret anything like in, in like game wise. I, I feel great. And I feel I'm glad I don't regret being myself. I don't regret any of that. And I'm glad I was able to do that. It's I feel like I let myself down at the end by not continuing with that like mantra of like keep fighting.
3: I felt like I just fell flat. I see it the exact opposite. So do I. You came in on day one, unsure of how to answer the question, what's your name? (laughs) And where are you from, right? (laughs) And by the end, I mean, you had your finger on the pulse. You knew what was going on. You played this game masterfully. And I had so much fun watching you do that. And by the end, I went on a, I go out of it on a high about you as a player and thinking how amazing you are. And that's going to stick with me. Like you're one of my all time favorites. I'll, <laughs> I'll put it out there. And yeah, it was, it was fascinating for me to hear that you had an opposite experience. Cause I, I think you should walk out of this with your head held high, incredibly proud.
6: Thank you. Like for saying that. And, and I, I, again, it's not like it, it, it's not the whole game as a whole. It's just the final tribal is where I feel like I, 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 fell flat.
0: So what's the takeaway? What, if you, if you had to say, here's the one thing I learned about myself, even given all the years I've spent looking at myself, here's what it was from Survivor.
6: I'm not fixed. Wow. I'm not, this is constant. And so I might think like, I'm okay being me. I'm just so outwardly myself. Look at me. No, like I still am going to struggle, but I'm constantly growing. I'm, constantly going to be growing. Just because I got sober, learned how to change certain things and work on myself doesn't mean that I'm fixed.
0: Carolyn, I think that is the perfect spot to end this interview. You are a unicorn (laughs) in life. (laughs) Ah, ah. And I, I really enjoyed watching your journey. And I know how many other people did because I think like you predicted a lot of people had a first impression of you in those first 10 seconds of episode 1 and went oh my gosh who is this crazy person and then by the end they went wow that crazy person isn't crazy at all she's she's sly <laughs> like a fox and congratulations carolyn i'm i'm so happy that you applied i'm so happy we saw you and saw you for who you are and who you wanted to be because that gives permission to other people to say I want to be me too. I want to show all my colors as well. I'm so happy you are a part of the Survivor family, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this ride and loved having you on the show. (laughs) All right. Well, I I really enjoyed tonight. I loved talking to those three. Jay, how was was it for you?
2: I mean, I was just a fanboy, just all smiles the whole time. (laughs) So excited (laughs) to get to talk to him. So yeah, I had a great time.
3: Oh, that was such a great way to end a great season.
0: Agreed. Uh, All right. Well, the idea of this podcast was to use Survivor 44 as a way to take Survivor fans inside the making of a season of Survivor, the how and the why we make the show. And we covered a lot over these 13 weeks, including, I'll admit, a couple of slightly technical topics that I wasn't sure we could pull off, like editing and shooting, but I I think we (laughs) did. And I just want to say i I had more fun than I ever imagined I would our the three of us, our little weekly podcast tapings, yeah, <laughs> were very enjoyable for me, and working with the two of you has been honestly a privilege, and I really mean that, Britt, you are such a shining example of why Survivor continues to be so much fun to be a part of because your storytelling abilities, as discussed, are superb. And also your always say yes attitude. That is really what keeps our show moving forward. And even though you weren't sure about hosting a podcast, (laughs) I'm grateful that you did because I didn't have a second choice. And I learned so much from you when you would take us inside your process and you shared your own how and your own why about how you structured a scene or why you chose a piece of music. It was just fantastic insight. So thank you for that.
3: Thank you. That's really nice, Jeff. And honestly, this this has been such an honor for me. I can't thank you guys enough for having me. And it's been really amazing.
0: And Jay, it took you and me less than about 10 (laughs) minutes of talking on the phone to know that we had to do this together. You did a stellar job. Of producing this podcast. It's a lot of work and responsibility. And I honestly can't think of a single way it could have been better. I know lots of people will write in to tell us how it could have been better. <laughs> but from my limited uh, abilities, I thought it was fantastic. And it was really fun to figure out with you how to structure each episode and same as Brittany, you said yes to every single idea that we came up with. And then you would go about trying to figure out how we could do it. You you know, for me, you can't ask for more in a creative partner. And you kept us on schedule. You did all the technical stuff, setting up the recordings, handling the mics, doing the edits, overseeing the mix. You did it all. You did it all, Jay. You are you a great producer. And I'm
2: so happy that you said yes and took this ride with us. Likewise. I just truly cannot say how much I appreciate having spent the last 13 plus weeks with the two of you. And finally, we, and I speak for Brittany and Jay, want to thank all
0: of you who listened and contributed either by sending us questions or telling me why I suck or simply (laughs) rating and reviewing the podcast. It all matters. Survivor 45 premieres this fall. And if you're jonesing, for a survivor fix in the meantime, you know, you can always go back and check out any of our other 43 seasons. Every single episode is available on Paramount Plus. Otherwise, I got nothing for you. Grab your torches, head back to camp.
2: Good night. On Fire with Jeff Probst, the official survivor podcast, is a production of CBS Entertainment and the Paramount Global Podcast Group. It is hosted and executive produced by Jeff Probst, co hosted by Brittany Crapper and Jay Wolf, produced by Jay Wolf, audio mixing by Colin Norman. This season of On Fire is dedicated to the memory of Julio Ira Villar, a beloved member of the Paramount Podcast team who left us too soon. He was an avid Survivor fan who touched our lives with his kindness, humor, and unwavering spirit.